So we, um, technologies are, um, as we all could uh, understand this morning, technologies are uh, very important at every, every stage uh, of the fight against asbestos. Uh, we had a look uh, earlier today at imaging technologies and microscopes, uh, but of course data, uh, data management is also uh, paramount and uh, um, collecting the data, archiving the data, assessing the data and, and sharing it and uh, knowing what to do with it as well. So getting as much data as, uh, data as possible is something, but uh, knowing what to do with it uh, is also super important. So can we apply machine learning intelligently to it? Um, can, we, can we organize uh, maybe blockchains, ledgers, or, or archives, national archives at some point? All this is, uh, is incredibly important. Uh, Sven showed us also this morning, he touched upon this, this topic, that the way you deliver the information to, uh, to owners or to governments or to all uh, people uh, involved is also supremely uh, important and uh, we also have to involve behavioral scientists and uh, uh, data visualization specialists also. Uh, so we have four speakers this afternoon to begin uh, the afternoon. Um, Oh, there's a fifth speaker. There's something I didn't know. Uh, are they speaking? Okay, so probably Santiago, you will speak together with someone. We'll, we'll see. Uh, so we're going to start with, uh, with Benoit Lanard. So Benoit is uh, the head of IT uh, at ITGA. Uh, he spent his whole career in uh, data management, uh, mostly in the western part of France. Uh, where's Benoit? Uh, yeah. Uh, with a five-year stint uh, in uh, with with Microsoft as a data architect, so uh, Benoit, you have the heavy duty to kickstart the afternoon. So if you want to join me on stage, it's my pleasure to be here to today. Um, uh, I will try to uh, speak about digital on data and not to be boring. On uh, it's Friday, and uh, like you say, in Friday there is a only a, today a party. Uh, so I have to be quick. Um, special thanks, thanks to, to the, the organization, uh, especially to Hugo, uh, because I share my desk uh, with Hugo, and uh, it's very difficult for him because I made a lot of noise uh, all the day, uh, especially the Friday. So I will try to do my job now. Thank you, Hugo, and thank you, Elise. Um, so. Uh, three, three parts. Um, the first is the state of art, or maybe the situation of uh, digital ICM management. Um, we can do a little step back of um, the situation, and we will finish with uh, ACM digital management. Uh, and after, I will pass um, the micro to the other speaker uh, that I will introduce. So the first thing is uh, ACM management Today, everything is very clear uh, in, in the position of the building owner, by example. So I'm not sure at all, uh, because the building owner, they don't know how many buildings they have, they don't know if there is asbestos, they don't know if there is compliant or not. So uh, they vary or not. The second thing is search. Um, is very easy, and data are very consolidated. We speak a lot of data this morning. Um, but I'm not sure at all uh, as well, because there is a lot of PDF files, there is a lot of 
print file uh, always uh, in different uh, desks and French government and different building owners. So I think uh, they don't know where uh, is asbestos. They don't know if there is asbestos. Uh, they can't consolidate the data. So it's very difficult uh, to them uh, to have the information as well for the government of different uh, country. And it's very difficult as well to share the information. Uh, it's very important to share the information to the building user. Uh, and it's not possible uh, currently with this kind of uh, data, of uh, dead data, if I can say that. This other thing is uh, surveys are very efficient. Um, when we do survey, uh, we have a lot of uh, data to collect. Uh, and I think it's not very good uh, currently because a lot of data are um, uh, saved and um, collected manually. Uh, there is a lot of time uh, passed at, um, at desk office uh, to do some plan, uh, to inspect the, the data, to send the data to the laboratory, so it's very complicated. Uh, Inputs are not optimized um, on, on the field. Uh, and the data are not very aligned, um, especially with um, building owner. And in last, uh, collaboration is not very natural, not really, yeah, uh, between all the different in persons that in, uh, in charge of asbestos management, consultant, laboratory, building owners, and removalist. Uh, it's very uh, siloed, I think, I don't know it's in English. Uh, they, they share some data, uh, but it just, I pass uh, the data to each other, but there is no aligned data. It's very complicated to share the information, especially the plan of the building. Um, so I think we, we have to do more. But fortunately, we have some solution uh, today. But uh, I'm not sure about the currently solution uh, because they are very complicated, uh, they are very old, and sometimes I think uh, it's quite uh, a doubt about the, the functionality, you know, the little cord between the two, uh, the two drive. Uh, so I think the solution, the current solution we have uh, are not very good uh, because they are old, uh, they are very obsolete, uh, they are very complicated uh, for, for the user, a building user or a survey, surveyor or a building uh, um, uh, owners. Uh, so it's not very good at all. But I have some solution. Uh, it's not my solution, it's our solution. Uh, the First thing is digital transformation. We speak a lot of digital transformation. I don't like this term, but it's a... Usual term. Um, this kind of digital transformation can help us to uh, um, to have a good ACM management, digital management, and to increase uh, all the quality of the data and increase all the quality of all the intervenants on the ACM data management. Uh, and especially, we have different uh, things to take care. The first one is the process. Uh, we have to take care about the process. What is the process we have done, uh, we have to do, uh, and what can be do to uh, increase it and um, to have good information to, um, to send to building owners, by example. 
The second one is the user and customer-centric. Uh, it's very important and it's like the user experience, uh, like you see in the, in the whole plane. Uh, we, have to, to have some, we, we do have some solutions that are customer-centric uh, uh, with a very uh, good user experience um, like this. All the user, building user, surveyor, uh, they will um, be happy uh, to use it and to search data and uh, share data and to access all the information and they will gain some productivity uh, as well. And the last thing is value. Uh, okay, it's nice to be a digital solution, uh, but uh, why? Uh, why we have to, s to do some digital solution? It's to increase the value, the value to the consultant, the value to the the surveyor, the value to the building owners, the value to building users, to the government. It's uh, uh, very important things uh, to construct all the uh, solution. Second uh, things, it's data. Uh, we speak a lot of, we spoke, sorry, about uh, a lot of data this morning. Uh, all of um, our business are based on data management. We collect them, we trade them, um, we enrich them, we consolidate them, and we share them. Uh, so it's all the process uh, on surveyors, uh, air control, are done this same of process. Um, so uh, we have to make this data intelligent, uh, dynamic, and available to all. So uh, currently, with PDF file uh, or print uh, information, it's not possible at all uh, to consolidate or share the information. So we have to, um, to do that. Um, and Hugo and a lot of people this morning sp speak, uh, spoke about uh, knowledge as well. Uh, so we have to do, to collect the data in the good f form in uh, uh, real information. It will become uh, information and after it will become knowledge. So it's very important to have this. Uh, to share the knowledge uh, with each other. So it's a, one of the key um, of the next solution. So uh, I, I speak about um, process. Uh, so if we step back, uh, all the ACM digital management can be represented by this process um, uh, where we can find all the big process uh, with different um, information. First one is management with building owners. Uh, after they have to do a survey, so they, they help for a consultant. After there is a detection, maybe, uh, with laboratory and analyst, uh, like we see uh, this morning with uh, Martin uh, as well. Uh, after we have air monitoring, and maybe we are uh, removal. Uh, this is a, all the process, and sometimes uh, the um, when we build soli digital solution, we take only one part of the process. So, okay, we, we, we built only one part of the process, but don't uh, forget there is a big process on the top of that. And this is the, the, the big process on the top of that. It's not maybe uh, complete, but um, it's, it's the first uh, step. So we can find the process, we can find the user, so it's important to have the, the good uh, tools and the good value to the user. And like this, we understand 
the process and we understand the value to add, uh, to send to the user of this process. So, uh, in digital ACM management, uh, we have a lot of solutions, uh, in place or not. Um, in the first of this process, we have the data. Uh, I think uh, the data is uh, very important, like we speak uh, this morning. Um, but today, uh, it's, it's not very aligned between all the different piece of the cake, uh, if I call this. Uh, but we have different solutions uh, to manage all the building. Uh, we will speak just after about QR code, like this. Uh, we have different solutions, uh, new hold to do a, a good survey. We have detection, uh, on, uh, Martin says this morning, to optimize uh, detection, we can use uh, AI, and uh, it's, we'll speak just after. Uh, and we have different solutions on removal. And the, the, the important thing is to share the information, to share the same information, and to align all the data. So currently, it's not very uh, uh, good uh, at all between the different pieces uh, of the cake. Sorry, but I speak about cake, but uh, my brother are cake <laughs> um, An example is uh, the ATGA Digital Journey. Uh, um, at ATGA, we speak, um, we, we think uh, digital solutions are um, in the earth of the, of the future. Uh, and um, we have different piece, not of cake, but of puzzle here, where we are intern users, so the ETGA collaborator, our customer, the building user, the, in the other piece, there is um, uh, all the other people that are certification, training, or uh, government, uh, by example. So um, it's like the, all the process. We can find management, survey, removal, air monitoring, detection, and building users. So we have all the process, uh, but um, maybe I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I can look after only of this part because I am from ATGA, so uh, I can look after only on from this part. So what I explained today, uh, just before, it's I need to have all the the cake, <laughs> all the process to better understand what the value uh, we have to, to send and uh, where is the, the key of in information. Um, so uh, the first thing of all the process is we have, sorry, uh, we have the building owners, they want a survey, the surveyors ask for us for detection in laboratory. Um, so for the survey, we have a solution that is called the Eigenbox uh, with a mobile application uh, to do the survey on the, on the field and to optimize it. Uh, all the data are sent to uh, automatically uh, to the laboratory uh, where we can find EA detection uh, to optimize all the production and send all the data to uh, the surveyor and all um, building owners. After we can have air monitoring as well, uh, back to the laboratory and send back to the um, ACA management. And after we have removal. The important thing is after we have to share the information to the building user uh, because it's compliant, uh, but it's the final things 
uh, maybe. It's to share the information to the building owners and building users uh, after with different solutions. So we built different solutions with my teams. Uh, so we have batting box. It's for uh, um, ACM management and building solution uh, more generally. Jacking box for the survey. EA detection for uh, our laboratory. We have different solutions uh, for our um, consultant for air monitoring. And we, have, we are working on solution for removal uh, information. Uh, the, this process, and I think it's very important since yesterday uh, about this, um, is for take care about health of the user. You know, uh, I think uh, we have a lot of information uh, yesterday and today about this, but uh, it's just take care about uh, and eliminate asbestos, to know where is asbestos and eliminate it. And all this process, uh, take care about this uh, and that's it. Uh, it's the final uh, objective of that. And after, we can send all the data to the government or something like that. Uh, donc, so to do that, we have to, to align all the data, uh, to have some different solutions that are very user-centric, uh, and to uh, don't lose the objective. In the initial objective uh, is about the building user and the worker on uh, the safety of, of them. So just the beginning uh, of that. Uh, Tomorrow we have to be more predictive with AEA. Uh, we have to be beam integrated uh, because all the building will be uh, beam modelized uh, tomorrow. Uh, and it's a first step through asbestos management from to building valorization uh, and as well for the energy energy renovation of Minong buildings that uh, uh, waiting us. Uh, so we have to do all this transformation. Uh, we have to collaborate each other. Uh, I think it's one of the key messages of the different um, session uh, this morning as well. Uh, so we have to collaborate uh, each other uh, to, um, to attain this objective. Uh, and I will finish with this uh, message, uh, like in the shirt of Phil's, Phil's t-shirt yes. yesterday, it was a busy change. So it's like the same. So uh, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Invent it. So it's not me. Uh, it's uh, it's us. We have to invent uh, the next solution. We have to collaborate in uh, together uh, to build all these solutions and to um, eradicate asbestos. Finally, so we we are now moving to Andrew Patton. Um, Andrew was the, uh, was the CEO for uh, 30 years of Metro Safety, um, which is a uh, provider of health and, uh, and safety compliance services uh, to property professionals. And uh, now he's the CEO and founder of the UK National Asbestos uh, Register. Uh, he's going to talk uh, about this uh, thing right now, um, about the collaborative approach uh, to manage asbestos in situ uh, with the register and Q QR co codes. Um, first of all, I, I just a big thank you, not just to the organizers uh, who've done, I think, a fantastic job, 
but uh, to a number of people who are here today, um, Yvonne, um, without you, I wouldn't be standing up here. Thank you very much indeed, although I'm nervous, but that's absolutely fine. Thank you, Yvonne, for that. Um, but a number of other, a number of others too. Uh, Charles Pickles, absolutely key to everything that we're doing in the UK. Uh, Liz Darlison of Miso UK, uh, and and organisations like UCAT and Asbestos Hub. They're all reasons why I can actually be standing up here today. Um, I do have. Uh, I'm very honoured and I'm very humbled and I'm slightly overwhelmed by the intellectual capabilities of all the people that have preceded me. Um, I'm not an asbestos expert and I'm not an IT expert, so I'm not really sure what I'm doing standing up here, but fortunately my partner and co-founder is, so that's a great relief. Um, really, my background, I'll be honest, four years ago, I wasn't really interested in asbestos. I was pretty ignorant about asbestos. That's a terrible thing to say, but that is kind of indicative of the world that we actually live in. Um, Metro safety was really all about fire safety. So I do have 30 years in fire safety, and that was all about trying to make compliance simple and cost-effective so that it was done properly and protect people and lives. So the principles there apply just the same as here. But of course, asbestos kills many more people than fire, just rather less dramatically, except when you look at the numbers. So very quickly, just a little bit about who we are what we're about. This is all about the daily challenges of managing asbestos in situ. We're not talking about the points of removal when you're doing your refurbishments. Uh, how we think what we call adopting an asbestos smart approach can really make a difference. And it's an appeal for collaboration and cultural change, which I think is actually the key. The technology is really there. So we are all about sharing information to save lives digitally. Please. So, this is who we are. We actually incorporated just as the first person was hospitalized in York in COVID in the UK. So, uh, not entirely as planned, but then the world just changed. But at least we don't have to explain QR codes to anybody anymore. So that's good. Um, point is, we are a social enterprise. We're a non-profit organization. Um, we're not a consultancy. We're not a CAFEM provider. Our purpose is prevention of asbestos exposures, avoidable ones, because there's so much of it around, and uh, protection of the public health. And we think, this is the beauty, we think that today's smart QR technology, not tomorrow's technology, not yesterday's technology, but today's smart QR technology, and working collaboratively, not just with duty holders, but as we've seen here today, other key stakeholders is what's going to make the difference. It's really not the technology. If we do that, we're going to save a lot of lives, a lot of time, and a lot of money. And uh, not last, but least in any sense, 5%, uh, we're in a charity partnership with Mesothelioma UK, and they do a great job, and 5% of all our asbestos smart license fees go to them, and it's a great honor and privilege to see how they work. Um, I've heard a lot of things today, and I think uh, I'll stick with that one. Yes, we've got a lot of asbestos, but when it comes down to it, I keep going, it's really just as I was. It, the real challenge is just widespread ignorance. Sure, we all know about it, but we're a small fraction of the people. And therein, I think, actually lies that, because within, with ignorance comes indifference, 
comes inertia, comes incompetence. So it's really not that much of a surprise. If you've got ignorance out there, we have a problem. And what's the level of ignorance? Well, one in three construction workers, despite being high risk, have never even seen an asbestos register. Uh, I talk to plumbers, I talk to electricians. They never get to see them. It's shocking. It really is absolutely shocking. You talk to teachers. Teachers are meant to know where asbestos is. It's a legal requirement that they're informed. 50% of teachers don't know there's asbestos in their schools, let alone actually where it is. So it's a big problem. Um, these are some of the reasons why we think that the asbestos exposures continue to happen. The real problem is you've got millions, and I do mean millions, of minor works. I calculate, I think about 10 million minor works not happening under supervision every year in the UK. Well, they can't be under supervision. The fire alarm engineer, the plumber, the electrician, you can't supervise all of those. And that's carried out by millions of contractors. And talking to Craig at UCATA, we did a bit of maths. We reckon there's about 300,000, maybe 400,000 if you're lucky, asbestos awareness training courses. And there must be about 5 million people who actually need it. Maybe every couple of years, you can see that training is not actually reaching enough people. Uh, but the other problem, and this is a real problem, was about sharing information, it's all come up, is this information that they need, which in Britain is the asbestos register, an up-to-date asbestos register, simply isn't reaching enough of them often enough. So how can you prevent an asbestos exposure if you don't know where the asbestos is? And there are lots of good reasons. Uh, you know, oh, it's, it's in a folder. Well, that's okay if they're in and know where the folder it is and they're not out at a lunch break. That doesn't really work too well, arguably. Uh, emails. Email trails are a disaster. <laughs> we know that. Well, I do. <laughs> I don't know what it's like for everybody else. Uh, and then portals. They're a fantastic idea, except they're different. They're often password protected. It doesn't make them very accessible too often. So it's not surprising that these things are prone to failure. And then there's just the normal time pressures. Staff, contractors, they're all busy. We, you know, call outs. Lots and lots of reasons why it keeps failing. Um, but the thing that has shocked us in the last two years, and I don't know where to place the criticism here, is that the information that they are provided with, I'm sorry, so often it's out of date. So often it's the wrong document, it's a management survey or the wrong survey in the first place. Even if it is the right document, there are multiple formats, and frankly, a lot of them are illegible. Uh, to the common person, the layman. It's a real, real problem. And they're often embedded in very large documents. Our record, by the way, is 40 ACMs in a council's asbestos register. So it was a register, not a survey. 640 pages. Oh, I'm sure a layman's going to work their way through that. Um, and then this has come up again. The fact is that building occupants themselves, like I said with the teachers, they don't know they've got asbestos in there. You talk to people. Asbestos, that was last century, wasn't it? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Do people still die of that? Uh, oh, and yet, if you take two minutes out with a receptionist in the building and say, look, we do have asbestos, it is dangerous. The reason it's dangerous is if you disturb it, it releases fibers, can cause cancer X years later. We really don't want that to happen. The asbestos is located here. Here's the asbestos register. Please make sure you know where it is, and please stop people coming in and disturbing it when you're letting contractors in. 
you've just improved the safety of your building enormously. But it doesn't happen. I promise you, it does not happen that way. And lastly, we all know this, it's just not dramatic. Apart from the numbers, it's just not a fire. It's just not somebody falling through a roof. So there are, there are other challenges, just there are multiple challenges in reality. Uh, a lot of legislation, I, I think, is always done for a single duty holder on site with a decent capacity and management team and everything else, and I know this from fire safety. Well, that's all very well and good, but 80% of sites are not like that. <laughs> they don't have competent on-site management. That is the nature of the world. Uh, so, and, and it's even worse today because they're only in on a Wednesday, even if they've got, incom even if they've got competent management post-COVID. Um, so <laughs> it's, really, it's getting harder. Uh, and then the poor duty holder's got to manage goodness knows how many contractors. I mean, it can be dozens and dozens of contractors and changing mobile tradespeople. They're visiting the sites, and those documents, all sorts of formats, held in multiple systems from multiple consultancies because of the history. You begin to see why things fail. And you know, the reality is the duty holder winging a prayer for a lot of their sites. They're smaller ones anyway. That's what it is. They don't have line of sight. They don't really know. It's a bit of a winging a prayer. I think I've ticked the box. Those processes are okay. Yeah, I hope. That's what really happens. And, you know, the thing is, they are legally obliged to inform all who might be at risk. But then you think about how many people that is. So again, it's not much of a surprise. And that means it's quite hard for them to prove, really, that they've done their job if things get tricky and there are multiple stakeholders, whether it's the HSE or the local authority or other people you've actually got to prove it to. So really, it's not that much of a surprise that this sharing of the key information doesn't happen reliably. And all we're saying, I mean, it's really simple stuff, which is the point. That is the whole aim, is we can use today's technology and make it nice and easy. Um, I here go back to my fire safety background, uh, and I talk about a compliance cycle, because you can apply this to any type of safety, really. And the problem is, you've got to join things up, and it's a lot of different people. So you've got the regulations, you've got your first people who've done the management survey, perhaps, in the asbestos. Then you've got the people who've done the remedials, that's a different set of people. Then you've got the people doing the inspections, or re-inspections, whatever it actually is. Uh, they're a different set of people, <laughs> certainly over time. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the people on site. And it's always the people on site are the people who suffer. They're the most people likely to cause the problems. And, uh, and training is only part of the answer, by the way. Uh, actually, clear instruction, education, information is really, really important. Um, you need to get that right. You can't train everybody, but you can give them clear instructions, and you can give them information, and you can educate people. So there is a difference. Uh, and that little bit in the middle is meant to be the golden thread that Dame Judith Hackett talks about. It's joining all of that up. Yep, and if we do it well, that's what we achieve. The point is, is 10 years ago, I couldn't be having this conversation for so many reasons, uh, but you don't need an expensive IT system now. I mean, it's great to have one, but that's not going to be the case for 80% of the sites which actually need help and support. And the four key elements are, let's get the information transfer right. Fast, not clunky, please. Not paper, not email. Let's get the instruction and training right. You know, instructions need to be short and clear. 
You don't need four hours of training when actually someone needs five minutes of instruction. Some people do need four hours of training, but let's get that bit right. And if you're a duty holder or a manager, a person responsible, you can't really do that without, you can't do intelligent thinking unless you've got decent data and information. We know that from COVID. And lastly, you know, I normally have my mobile phone out here, but if you're not reaching people on their smartphone today, you're really not reaching people where they live and work. So that's what I mean by uh, smart IT. And it is today's approach. And this is kind of my point. We don't have to wait for this. It's already there. So our approach is really, really simple. At Yugnar, we'll take the latest asbestos register. That's important. We'll make sure it's in a mobile compatible format. We'll give it a unique QR code. Nothing particularly special about that, apart from the fact we've normally got to deal with a 150-page document first, very often. Uh, uh, that's presented as a notice. Doesn't have to look exactly like that. There are a few things that need to be on it. Nothing very difficult about that. Scan the QR code. Don't need a password. Really important. You know, not everyone's going to have a password. And hey presto, in seconds flat, you get to see the asbestos register. Not the asbestos management plan, not the asbestos management survey, not a thousand word, a thousand other pages. Just what you need to see. Then people know where the asbestos is and then they can go, is it safe to work or not? They might need some more information, but it's a good start. And uh, that can be, needs to be part of the contractor signing in process. Really important. It's not always possible. Signs, the, the duty holder can locate other notices where they think it's appropriate. The teacher's staff room is great. You can finally actually educate all those teachers, that, that other 50% that didn't even know they had asbestos. Um, it's just simple technology because we all know how to use QR codes. Now we do not have to explain it. And then there are other things that one, one can do, still using QR technology. Uh, you can get a simple menu. I say simple. So you can have a range of documents, and you can make some of them public, you can make some of them private. We do want the asbestos registers to be public, but other things you may not want that way. If you've got larger premises, you might want to zone out your registers. We're dealing with a hospital or a trust where they want to do it by ward. That's fine. It's not the same as a QR per every item, which isn't actually as helpful as it sounds. Um, and, and the other documents. And suddenly, this where are all the documents problem disappears on a site-by-site -site basis too, which is often where people actually need them. And the other thing, and I'm not going to play the video, though is the next slide because of uh, timing. But there is a little QR code. And that, a couple of instruction videos, one for contractors, one for teachers, two other ones, it's fine building occupants, just two minutes. Just says, this is what you really need to know. Just two minutes for now. And yes, you ought to go and get some asbestos awareness training if you're a contractor and you need to do that. But really simple, simple stuff, which you can use QR technology to do. I'm not going to play it, so that's fine. I'll save you that one. <laughs> um, but it will be there for those who like the presentation afterwards. Uh, the whole point is it's available in seconds. And honestly, people do not have time to hang around waiting for an asbestos register or a document. It's there all the time. It's important for call-outs. We're talking with people in the fire brigade. They like it, obviously. Uh, this is really important. We didn't know how people were going to react to this, but actually a visual reminder that there are ACMs in the building, it's okay. People are worried. There might be some buildings. You might turn the notice down. It's okay. And educate people. And post-Grenfell, the culture is changing. It is not good enough to hide. So again, no authentication. It's an understandable register. It doesn't have to all look the same. We'd love it to, 
but it doesn't have to. We just want something people can understand. Obviously saves time, we know that. Really important for us is that any consultancies, we'll take any consultancies register, provided we can get it into a mobile-friendly format and it meets HSE requirements. That's very helpful for people who've got a lot of different documents from different people. And people aren't tied. So they're not tied to an IT system or a consultancy. They get line of sight and the buildings are safer. So it is really simple stuff. I'm not going to do this one. I'm going to go straight to my real point, which is we can do this. It's, it's cultural change that we need, and that requires collaboration. So widespread ignorance, widespread indifference. Wider education, we can do it. Social media, we can do short bite-sized bits of information now. It's not that difficult. Better information, better targeted, it can be done. But it's got to be win-win-win all the way down the line. And that, I believe, is actually possible and it's quite a lot of stakeholders involved. But the good news is, surely, public health right now, digital technology right now, a lot of life is about timing. I'd argue the timing is bang on. And we think there should be four digital pillars. One is, yes, let's get all asbestos registers, what we call smart ones, digitally available 24-7 in a format that people can understand. Lovely if it's the same format, but let's just get that bit first. Pillar two, yeah, lots of free digital education, little bite-sized stuff, educate millions of people, not just train 300,000 a year. Yes, finally, a national special status. Wouldn't it be good if we actually knew where the <laughs> which buildings had it? It's terrible that we don't. Oh, pillar four. I didn't mean to cut through on that one, but this one is for UCATA and IATP. Let's get a uh, let's get a database of individual contractors records, training records, asbestos awareness training records. Uh, you know, IATP, UCATA, because I'm sorry, a lot of people say that they've done asbestos awareness training, and yet they're sending people in buildings that haven't had it. So that would be, I don't want to do that, but I hope somebody will. And, yeah, this is obvious. Most, most exposures on a day-to-day -day basis can be prevented. And it's cheap. Did I say that? Yeah, it's cheap. We're talking a couple hundred quid a building, even less. For, uh, you know, thousands, we work out a solution. Can be a bit more, but it's cheap. Finally, technology that's cheap, jeez. Don't remember those days. Um, I don't know how many victims we can save, but it's a lot. We've just heard about the costs. It's huge. But it is not really about technology. It's the collaboration that's the second of the keys. That is the key. Uh, I'm not going to play this, but it was a good one because it was the parliamentary inquiry, which we contributed to, but which was really all thanks down to Charles, really, who got the whole thing instigated. Uh, and with a lot of recommendations in there from us, from Respublica, and uh, all good stuff that came out because the everyone was unanimous. Sorry, I haven't got time. People got to got more to do. Um, but the whole point is, yes, finally, 40-year deadline, a strategic plan, working on the highest risk settings. That's really good news. Starting off with schools, good. Yeah, and they're only talking about starting off, by the way, so that shows you. Central digital, non-domestic buildings. Be nice to have domestic, but hey, it's a good start. It's good. It's a start. And then it talked about the need to strengthen guidance to communication. And let's, it said, uh, learning the less, drawing on digital technology and lessons of pandemic. Sounds a bit like QR technology to me, but I might be wrong. But the 
point is it's collaboration, and we've got lots of stakeholders here. So they're the end users, all of which we're talking with and working with, but that isn't enough, although they are people who will help drive change. We have people here in the audience today that are going to make the difference. It's the leading asbestos consultancies that are really going to make the difference, because they're the people who process and store the information. But it's also the leading IT systems providers, and we have them here today. You heard uh, Robin uh, earlier from Start Software. And uh, what you don't know is that he is working on uh, what will be called Open Asbestos. And this is a way in which we start getting data from all of the different providers and systems. And we start working it out into a format that it can be exchanged. More on that later. But that's the sort of thinking that we need. Obviously, we need the campaigning bodies on side. And we need the professional bodies and associations saying there's a better way of doing these guys. Mandate it, encourage it, support it. And then the contracting organizations, they're the people sending people into the buildings after all. They got thousands of engineers, it's a problem for them. We'll get them putting pressure on the duty holders. So there are a lot of stakeholders. We get them right, we can make the change. Even the insurers, although they're insurers. So there you go, I hope there are none in the audience. Um, I'm not going to go on to CSR, it's a big thing, corporate social responsibility, but it is aligned with profit, is aligned with people, it is aligned with planet, is aligned with social governance and risk. So therefore, it's also not too difficult to have those conversations with people and say, this is the sort of thing you know you ought to be doing, so why don't you do it? And this is what we believe can happen now. That could be the norm for people to ask and see the asbestos register for their workplace. I promise you, it doesn't happen now. Let's just make them intelligible, available, 24-7, easy to understand. It's not that difficult to tell people about the norm, what it takes to, when asbestos is present, take care, don't disturb it. It's not really that complicated an instruction. Of course, you've got to know where it is in the first place. What we believe is we think with the people that we know and everything else, we could probably get 80% of the UK workplaces and public sectors on a UK national asbestos register because the information's kind of there, really. I have no idea how many thousands. <laughs> I don't know. I do different calculations. I don't know whether it's 10,000 accidental exposures a year exposing hundreds of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands. No one's got the data. But do it right. This is what it's all about, after all. It's prevention. This, this should never happen. And really, it's, my point is, it's about today's simple technology, which COVID has actually helped bring to the fore. Plus a little co collaboration. Thank you. Uh, we, we're going to hear about um, a recorded video by um, Simone Stevenson. She started her career um, with working with um, workers' unions in Australia. Uh, she then became a ministerial advisor in health and safety, and she's now the CEO of the Victorian Asbestos Eradication Agency. Um, so Simone will, here we go, will address us now.
Thank you for having me present today to Asbestonomy, and I'd like to acknowledge the calibre of the other speakers at this conference and the intent of Asbestonomy to improve how we tackle legacy asbestos. I would like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land I'm on tonight, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging, for they hold the memories, traditions, cultures and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples of Australia. Before I start to talk about our digital ACM system, I'd like to talk about why we have done this work. Australia has a unique and significant asbestos legacy. Australia has one of the highest rates of asbestos-related disease in the world. As a country, we were also one of the highest miners, manufacturers and consumers of asbestos or asbestos-containing materials, or ACMs, globally. ACMs are still in millions of our homes and buildings, almost 30 years after being banned. There is no known safe level of exposure to asbestos. We know the most effective way to prevent asbestos-related diseases is to prevent exposure to asbestos fibres. The most effective fail-proof way to prevent exposure to asbestos fibres is to remove asbestos. Administ administrative controls such as asbestos registers, warning labels and awareness are not enough. Exposure to asbestos is unwitting and often outside of the control of the person exposed. Asbestos products in our buildings are anywhere between 30 to 100 years old. This age means they are starting to, to degrade, increasing the risk of becoming friable and releasing fibres. Buildings and homes are not monuments. They are subject to damage, weather and deterioration constantly. Whenever ACMs are damaged or deteriorate, they create asbestos-contaminated dust and debris, making removal and decontamination more complex. Emergency events, which are particularly relevant in Australia, but also the world over, create significant contamination of the surrounding environment. Whole streets, towns and suburbs after an emergency event like a flood or a bushfire have to be treated as asbestos contaminated. Emergency removal is 20% more expensive than planned removal. For all of these reasons, we need to start prioritising the removal of asbestos, not managing it in situ. I'll talk a little bit now about what we are doing. The Victorian Asbestos Eradication Agency is a state government entity in Victoria, Australia. Victoria is the second most populated state in Australia. We were established to consolidate information on the location and condition of ACMs in buildings owned by the Victorian government, to assess ACMs for risk, and based on that risk assessment, make recommendations about their prioritised removal. Our role has evolved to also include implementing a prioritised asbestos removal program and providing advice to government on best practice asbestos removal. Our work sits under the National Strategic Plan for Asbestos Awareness and Management. The NSP applies across Australia and includes targets for governments of all levels to consolidate asbestos registers for their buildings and to have plans for prioritised removal of asbestos. At this stage, Victoria is the only jurisdiction to get close to achieving those targets and we hope we can provide a model for other jurisdictions to adopt. I'd like to talk a little bit now about what we know about Victoria's asbestos legacy by using digital management. First, I'm going to focus on the immediate knowledge of the asbestos legacy that we have now and that we can track from 2018, which is effectively our baseline. We do see an annual fluctuation in data as buildings move in or out of government ownership, new asbestos registers are received and the quality of those asbestos assessments improves. 
We have almost 13,000 buildings in our database and over six times as many ACMs in those buildings. The aggregation of asbestos data has macro benefits. It gives government a better understanding of the asbestos legacy across its buildings and it particularly informs prioritised asbestos removal. In addition, there are significant micro benefits at an organisational or department level by creating an ACM and building history, by making that information more accessible to those who need it to prevent and avoid exposure and to improve the quality of information in our asbestos registers. This slide shows the five most prevalent ACMs in our buildings. ACM name references the items installed in our buildings. Asbestos ceilings and walls are the most prevalent ACMs. Other cement-based ACMs like eaves and infill panels are also relatively common. Notably, since 2018, the decline in the numbers of ACM walls and ceilings, although proportionally small, has been in large part due to a program of prioritised asbestos removal in Victorian schools and train station redevelopment. Other notable changes over the last three years have been changes in the prevalence of floor coverings and switchboards. Consistent with the most prevalent ACMs being asbestos cement ceilings and walls, the most prevalent product type, which are the manufactured products, are cement flat sheeting. That flat sheeting is made up of those ceilings, walls, eaves and infill panels that we saw on the previous slide. The most prevalent ACM product group is obviously cement products. As we continue to update our asbestos data annually, we will be able to track trends or changes in the most prevalent ACMs across the state and right down to an organisational level. Again, still staying on the macro level and looking at the overall trends of ACM condition and friability, over 60% of ACMs in our database are assessed as being in good condition. Just over 8% are in fair condition and under 2% are in poor condition. Poor condition ACMs have the highest proportion of friable ACMs, although it is worth observing that over 5% of ACMs in good condition are assessed as friable. Whilst trends are not significant enough at the moment at the macro level to attribute conclusions, we are working towards a longitudinal data set to track any changes at both the macro, macro level, that's government-wide, or micro level, and that's organisation or ACM-based trends. Now I've talked a bit about our asbestos legacy in Victoria, I'd like to talk about how we created the digital management of the Consolidated Asbestos Register, which we have named the AIR system. Before we developed our consolidated register, we consulted all public sector bodies, large government departments such as health and education, as well as government agencies. That was a significant undertaking, but it was important to get those departments and agencies on board to give advance notice that we would be collecting their asbestos registers and to gain an understanding of how their asbestos information was managed. Most departments and agencies had perhaps an Excel type database or were working off a PDF asbestos register. Our early conclusion was that that was not the best practice approach to prevent potential asbestos exposure in workplaces. So we took those records out of the filing cabinets, drawers and folders and created an electronic database that can continue to be built on, creates a baseline of data and allows continued improvement in the quality of asbestos registers. I'm now going to show you a video that gives you an overview of the air system. 
AIR system is a consolidated live centralised database that contains the details of the buildings owned by the Victorian Government and the identified ACMs within those buildings. AIR maps can be used to plot the location and density of ACMs and buildings across the state. AIR system holds information on buildings such as its age, the time for building and its geolocation. AIR system also allows for the storage of digital information specific to each building, such as asbestos assessment reports and floor plans. AIR system records the detail of each ACM in a workplace asbestos register. The details include name, product type, condition and disturbance potential, and has the ability to display a photo of the ACM. In addition to showing the current details, AIR system tracks the history of the ACM throughout time by displaying the result of all previous inspections. AIR system applies a risk algorithm to each ACM that can be used to inform removal recommendations. Each building and ACM has a unique number and QR code, allowing the user to scan the QR code label and access AIR system. For example, an authorised electrician could access the details of an ACM within a switchboard prior to commencing work. Other digital assets, such as floor plans and 3D rendering, can be integrated into AIR system. A 3D rendering enables the user to move virtually through the building, see the location and details of an ACM and access the full details within AIR system. The ACM markers can be colour-coded to communicate the risk assessment and allow the users to move throughout the building, including ceiling spaces and cupboards. Air system is capable of visualising its data in a variety of different ways to help users and duty holders understand the asbestos legacy within the built environment, including understanding which ACMs are most prevalent, ACMs in poor condition, and those with high disturbance potential within specific locations. AIR system allows for a planned risk-based approach to prioritise the removal of ACMs. We've seen some of the functionality of the AIR system, the opportunities to continue to develop our digital approach and to overlay the AIR system data with other data sources like 2D and 3D building rendering. These possibilities are exciting and have significant potential health and safety benefits. I'd like to briefly talk a bit more about the risk model built into the AIR system, as this again highlights the benefits of digital ACM management. As I mentioned earlier, we were, were required to prioritise, make our prioritised removal recommendations based on risk for a significant quantity of buildings and ACMs. For this, we had to develop a risk assessment model started, that started with research on existing models and went through a process of consultation in its development. In the risk model, specific ACM factors such as friability and condition contribute half of the overall risk score, but friability is weighted as the most significant factor as it is the key consideration in the risk of fibre release. The environment and the buildings ACMs are located in make up the other half of the overall risk score, that is the disturbance potential of the ACM and the building rating. In the AIR system, we assess frequency and daily duration of building use, level of activity, public access and operation of mobile plant. This consistent approach to weighting each of the risk factors encourages a more objective approach to assessing ACM risk. Assessment of such a large data set demonstrates another opportunity to reduce variations in risk assessment consistency and quality by developing agreed definitions of condition, 
disturbance potential and friability levels, and then to include as a standard part of risk assessment how a, buildings, how a building with ACMs in it is used. In addition to the weighting and consistent definitions, the risk algorithm or the risk assessment is auto automated based on an algorithm we have developed and are happy to share. The ACM risk factors are assessed on site by the occupational hygienist, but calculation of the final risk score is automated. Lastly, in our risk assessment, there are no zero weighted risk factors, which is different from some other major risk assessment tools for asbestos, as there is no such thing as a no risk ACM. So in calculating the risk score, the minimum possible risk rating any ACM can achieve is just under 19. The highest possible risk rating is 100. Of the ACMs in the air system, the lowest risk rating is 24.2 and the highest risk rating is 99.03. You can see the benefit of having such a sensitive gradated risk assessment. We can have a granular way to group ACM risk and removal priorities across a large number of buildings including tens of thousands of ACMs, or an organisation can have an ACM risk differentiation that reflects the number of ACMs in their building, such as hundreds of ACMs. For the purpose of prioritised removal across such a large number of buildings, we have grouped ACMs into five phases. Phase one and two are the most hazardous ACMs and make up approximately 6% of the total ACMs but this still represents 2,900 metric tonnes of asbestos materials. Phase three ACMs are ACMs that may become hazardous if they are damaged or disturbed, and they make up 51%. This is no surprise. The bulk of ACMs in this category are cement products, which were the most consumed and manufactured ACMs in Australia and are the most prevalent ACMs in the air system. Phases four and five ACMs are less hazardous and make up 43% of all ACMs in the air system. In addition to implementing prioritised removal program, annually updating the air system data and reporting to government, we are now looking at some of the analysis available from having such a large data set. This includes where we need to improve the quality of information on asbestos registers and consequently the data within our system. One of those areas of our analysis has shown the need for improvement is in relation to ACMs that are assumed to be present. ACMs can appropriately be assumed to be present in a building. It's an important precautionary safety principle if an area cannot be accessed. However, one in 10 ACMs in our buildings are recorded as not being able to be accessed at the time of assessment and are listed as assumed. At a macro level, this tells us we need to have a plan to reduce the level of assumed ACMs in our registers wherever possible. Within the air system, these ACMs that are unknown, uh, having either an unknown ACM name or product type or condition or disturbance potential, are automatically badged as requiring reinspection. At a micro level, this means an organisation planning their next five-year assessment can run a report on all of the ACMs in their buildings that require reinspection and plan and go to market for an assessment and sampling strategy that fills those information gaps. Prior to prioritised asbestos removal, we have a program risk control step to verify and sample all ACMs, but in particular ACMs with unknown elements. One in five ACMs identified 
for removal under our program that were verified and sampled were subsequently found to be negative for asbestos. Again, this points to the need for representative sampling and less assumptions about ACMs through better planned asbestos assessments. Looking further into what information is assumed on ACMs, we know that most assumptions are made about condition and disturbance potential. Obviously, during an assessment with unaccessed ACMs, an occupational hygienist might be able to make some informed assumptions about the ACM name and its product type and to a lesser extent disturbance potential, but they are less likely to be able to reasonably make assumptions about the condition of an ACM if it can't be visually inspected. Staying with data quality and the analysis that we are able to do, we know a lot of ACMs that are very friable are assessed as being in good condition. These are friable ACMs that have been in our public buildings for over 30 years. For context, the VAEA grades ACMs into 10 levels of friability. Of the very friable ACMs that we categorise as levels 7 to 10, if we look within level 7, 87% of these ACMs have been assessed as being in good condition, including fire doors, paper-backed vinyl and millboard. For even more friable ACMs, such as dust and debris and lagging residue, we still have a small but notable incidence of those ACMs being assessed as being in good condition. This tells us that improving consistency in how condition and friability is assessed will improve the quality of these asbestos registers. Moving on to asbestos removal, which we have been tracking across government since 2019. We report annually on both business as usual, or what we call ad hoc removal, as well as prioritise risk-based removal across government. You can see looking at the total removal bar at the right of this graph, the most significant years of ACM removal to date have been 2019 and 2020. This was when there was a government-funded program of prioritised removal of ACMs from government schools. You can see in 2021, the blue colour on the graph, without a prioritised removal program, the numbers of ACMs being removed have significantly declined. More important target through our analysis to date, it shows that the prioritised removal targets the removal of the most hazardous ACMs. In contrast, in 2020, only 6.6% of the ad hoc or business as usual removal projects removed most hazardous ACMs. In finishing, firstly, thank you to all of the speakers and all of you attending this conference. I wish I could have been there with you in person, but I'm thrilled to be there with you in spirit. You are working for an incredible purpose to protect people from debilitating asbestos-related diseases and to end this lethal legacy. Secondly, my call to action to all of you here today, we are happy to share our work further. Please get in touch. We will continue to work with our colleagues in Australia, governments, peak bodies, unions, occupational hygienists and asbestos removalists to remove asbestos and make sure until it is removed, it is better managed. We are also happy to support other countries and sectors who would like to know more about the air system, our risk assessment model and prioritise removal of ACMs. Finally, no ACM is situ, in situ is safe and it shouldn't be described as such. We wouldn't describe an unguarded conveyor belt as safe so long as you don't lean over it. ACMs are ageing, degrading and they are not in static monuments. They are in our busy workplaces, public and private buildings and in our homes. 
In Europe and Australia, they are at the very least 30 years old and anywhere up to 100 years old. We need to start the prioritised removal of asbestos from our buildings. Thank you. Thank you, Simone. Um, so maybe for uh, asbest asbestonomy 2023, it's not going to be Madrid or Berlin, so maybe we should choose Melbourne or someplace down under. Um, I'm now calling to the stage the final speaker for this session, Santiago Jimenez. So, uh, Santiago, you have a dual degree um, in civil and industrial engineering, both from France and from Colombia. Uh, you work for AERA, uh, uh, I missed it, Alia Control, sorry about that. Uh, and you're in charge of, uh, so the manager for ACM um, with a special focus on the Spanish market. So, I'm sorry, I didn't know that there were two of you. Uh, so you'll introduce your yeah. colleague, maybe. Uh, Santiago, you have the floor. Sorry about that. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, first, I want to thank the organization for uh, the invitation and for uh, the Asbestonosmi organization. Uh, I am Santiago Jimenez, I'm from Colombia. I work for Alea Control in France since uh, 2016 in asbestos industry. And since last year, I've been working in Spain uh, with ACM 2020. So, uh, my name is Jose Barrios, I'm from Spain. Uh, I work in ICM. I don't know a lot of things about asbestos, but I was working in in demolition company to a lot of time. Because of that, I have the relation with asbestos and I had been working in ICM from the last two years. Uh, so, we are going to make our presentation in four central axes. Uh, we are going to first introduce you to our two companies, Alia Control and ACM 2020. Then we are going to take, uh, put a little context about the asbestos situation in Spain. It's important to understand the digital management that come in uh, the last. We took practical cases, the CMA, census of material with asbestos and the Baria del Valles uh, case study. And we are going to finish for some uh, conclusions. Uh, first, uh, Alea Control is a 20 years company uh, in asbestos. Um, we do everything related with occupational health. We have four axes, uh, air samples laboratory, training for workers, asbestos detection and consultancy. Since uh, last year, we are working together with ACM 2020 in Barcelona. Well, we are ACM, we are a very small company. We are just five people, crazy people that we fight with everybody because uh, we are going to explain our law and we have a law from 2006. Um, because of that, we have to improve everything and we are very, very small company, just five people, and with our job, we want to change everything. So to put uh, some context, uh, 
Before uh, the case of the study, uh, we are going to talk about uh, the weakness of the asbestos in Spain. Uh, the first way, the weakness of the asbestos system in Spain is the lack of a specific legislative framework. Uh, so we have to know that the only law that speaks about asbestos in Spain is from 2016, 2006, sorry, and it's not been renewed since then. Uh, all these standards, Spanish and European standards, are not mandatory to applicate. And neither is the independence of actors. So if you have one company, you can do asbestos surveys, retreatment, and training workers, and it's not uh, forbidden. Uh, there is no difference between occupational and public health. Uh, that's the importance of CMA and digital management that we are going to talk about after this. Uh, the population is not protected until now, only workers uh, with really low bases. Uh, when uh, we talk about exposure, we are going to talk about passive or active exposure. And uh, for the last, the environmental concept of contamination was introduced this year in the new circular economy law in April 2022. And the analyze and the sample air are not standardized. There is uh, no use or TEM, transmission electron microscopy, and that generates a lot of fake negative results. We have made some campaigns with ACM 2020 to compare, and that's a reality. And the last point is the air sample that are made by the same companies that are removing asbestos. So that we became to the independence problems that we tackled. Well, I, I don't know which country has the best regulation regarding asbestos, but I do know that the Spanish is not. Not everything is bad. The step by step, we are improving everything like Alia Control, ITGA, and other companies that are interested about the market of the Spain, but we have no rules for the economy uh, uh, the, the development. So if you don't have rules, strong rules, the companies don't go to your country. So uh, there are interested uh, uh, projects now in the, some regions. For example, I come from Barcelona and Catalonia. We have a project that the eradication of asbestos, but now is stopped. We were working for two years in that, but politicians have stopped it, and we don't know when we start getting. Um, we have a new rule as well. Uh, it's not a mandatory, it's a UNE. It's a, a, standard, a Spanish standard. It's 70-30-70. It's just for, uh, for check, uh, for, um, Tra training people for, for being inspector, but uh, it's not a mandatory, instead it is in a law or it's in, inside of a, a public contract. Now it's not in any law, so um, because of that it's not a mandatory. Okay, okay this is the new law. I put it in Spanish because I want to you have to check if you find any economical money symbol inside of this. No one. 
So, this is a new law, just finished this year, and it's for the facilities and site with asbestos. The first thing I want to say about that is in a law, in, in a way, it's not public law, it's not health and safety law, just this paragraph speaks about everything of uh, asbestos in the law, nothing else. So, I'm going to try to translate it, is that in one year we had to make a census, every village, every town, every uh, um, uh, county council had to do a, a census with buildings and facilities with asbestos. One year. No money. <laughs> and we had to retire it before 2028. So, this census, nobody say what is a census means. Uh, we have to make a calendar as well of the removal of the, all of the, the asbestos, and we have to finish it in 2028. So, company like us, we ha we want to define what is a, a census, because nobody say what is a census. We don't have standards. We don't have any. Uh, uh, Certification. Certification, people uh, training. So to talk about CMA, Census for Material with Asbestos, that was introduced by the law uh, this year, uh, we have an example. It's an image that was made by ACM uh, two years ago. Uh, Luis Maillard, who is the CEO of ACM 2020, uh, has wrote in an article to give his point of view about this uh, CMA and how the law introduced it to the, to the industry and how it should be executed by different actors. So the goal of the, of the article is to understand that the, the CMA is an interactive process that is a living, a living system and that it came from uh, a public recognition of the existence of an environmental problem. Uh, that's really important because now what we are struggling is that the CMA was quote in a law. There are a lot of enterprises that are doing what they call a CMA. They come, they see, they shake one box, and they lift. Uh, now you have a CMA. So that's really causing struggles now in the Spanish asbestos industry. Uh, it's a living system, so you know you have different colors in each point, so you can know if the amiant, if the asbestos has been uh, retreated, if there has been new service in the building, if the building has changed its use, and all these parameters are, has an influence in the census. But the law, like Jose said, is not introduced like that. It's just only one paragraph. Well, sorry about my English and sorry about Google Translator as well. But, well, when we talk about census, we want to give answer to these 13 questions. What is Vemex will be made to know where the best is? Who the test it? Who identifies it? Where is it? 
what amount is there, how is it, how is it affecting in the immediate environment, what priority does it have, what should be done, any prior preventive action during asbestos removal, what investment should be made, who does it, how is it done, what, have, what has been done, how has it affected the immediate environment? This could be the same than the before, but this when we are removing it. And the last one was, has been the final destination of the waste with asbestos content. For us, this 30 question must be a development in a public access document. The implementation of the operation through a general framework for contracted and any of the service covered by CMA. It must make available to the municipal county councils managers the necessary tools for the control and monitoring of the contracted service. It must determine an interactive computer tool with a municipally county country scope and easy access to the citizens. You must standardize the structure and contents of whole set documents, records, reports, indicators. And with, when we have all these answers, we define five phases. The first one is the location of investor, but we want to say in this case that we have to collect as much as information as we can take from the property. Sometimes they don't know when it's building the, 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 the bill. So we, we try to uh, have all the information as we can. The second phase is uh, conservation status and rate degradation. We want to know how is it, because with this we can uh, make the priority for remove it. Uh, the first thing we do before that is uh, a visual and uh, visual inspection of the building and the facilities. Now, is the quantification. We have to know what kind of asbestos we have. It's not the same cement and um, insulations or, or another kind of material. And the quantity we have of every of them. How to proceed if we have to do preventive or corrective actions. And the last is the waste management. We want to say with this that we, we need to have all the traceability of the material when we start and when we finish. Well, <laughs> this is one of the steps that we want to do. This is all the steps that we have in, in our census, and it is a big matrix that we want to uh, digitalize in a, for, every, for every building. Uh, I have a very small, no, I have there. Uh, I'm going to take yeah, it. Yeah. I, I bring a, big, a small example in a, in a paper because I have the details I can put in. Here. And we have all the steps when we identified it, 
the, um, who is the company that retired with all the steps that they had to do, at, uh, the information that the governments or the citizens want, and at the end, uh, where the, the waste go. This, this is a very small example. This is 100, 159 buildings, and all of these are the step by step that we want to do, and the information that we have to fill. Now, uh, uh, with this, uh, we can understand the importance of digital management and the importance of standardized what is the CMA and how, how to prevent, uh, how to get more uh, traceability. What we are looking for now is to get transverse institution, institutional management, at least in Catalonia. ICM 2020 is in Barcelona. So what we are looking here is what we are expecting from the uh, institution to standardize CMA. We are waiting for methodologies, standards, certifications to optimize the asbestos removal of the country. What is the, price, the main objective of the census? Uh, there must be a connection between the CMAs of every town and the national CMA. If, if we don't have digital management and digital application, it's not possible. Public, occupational, and environmental government must take a stand, and they have to lead to improve the system. Well, this is Badia del Valles. This is a very small city close to Barcelona. Just 14,000 people. It was built with prefabricated construction system in the 70s. The main characteristic is that all the city was built at the same time. Uh, all the points, red points, are buildings with asbestos. Uh, we are working, ICM is working in this village from 2015 and with the Neighborhood Association and the Town Council because they have a very big problem with asbestos. It was building at the same time, but we, everybody wants to take his building the first. So we have to prioritize what is the first and what is the last one. Because of that, uh, we don't... When we, were, when we were there the first time, we know that it's asbestos. We don't have to check it, it's visible, it's, it's, it's asbestos. But our project is, was definite what is the priority of, of, of retiring, of the remove it. Because of that, from the map of, of Badia del Valles. The objectives of this map are locate buildings with asbestos elements, on a plan, inspect the buildings and determine their state of conservation. This is an experimental protocol that we are doing with the uh, government of, of um, Catalonia, S similar than we have seen before. Localize the state conservation on the map. When we have done, we, we look for 20 buildings where we the most degraded to carry out the stake air samples, locate the result of the air samples on the map, 
then we interrelate these uh, values with the with the with the conservation the state of conservation if you check all of these um, uh, points you uh, a window was opened is opened and you can check all the the situation of the building classification of the inspection buildings to define the order of priority of removal the visible fiber cement and the last one the money again quantify the cost of the removing and the preventive measures well that's what you just told yeah so, uh, since uh, 2019, Alea Controls has been working with uh, batting box in France. Uh, now we are working with ACM 2020 and batting box uh, to adapt the application for digital management in Spain uh, in two ways. The first is the CMA, digital management, so the law that is, was uh, exposed in April 2002, uh, 2022 sorry, could be realized by the enterprises and we can have a really national census. And the second point is the corrective and preventive actions in Valia del Valles. Uh, we are working so that we can include, integrate the five phases of the census, like Jose say, and to carry out more precise follow-up, the objective is to obtain a command and control panel that allows population and workers to be protected in real time. So uh, we did some conclusions at the end that are related with the law, with the activity that we are related with ACM 2020 in Spain and what we are expecting for the institutionals and we are trying to do is how to optimize, optimize, optimize cost with the CMA and with the, with the, with the retreat of asbestos, uh, how to keep informed and protect the population Today is uh, not made in Spain, so population, uh, there is not public health code concerning the asbestos. How to protect public money. Uh, today we have a lot of uh, villages that, uh, that are making CMA, that are paying some enterprise to do CMA, but they, these enterprises are not trained, are not registered, are not certificate, so that's doing other problem with the, with the contract. How to prioritize buildings. We heard a little bit like they do in Australia. We are looking to get a, a new protocol that will allow us to prioritize buildings. And how to have traceability on the world that has been done. Today what's going on is that we are repeating some buildings that were already done like two or three years ago. In different villas, in, in, in different towns around Barcelona, so a CMA was done, but there is no traceability today. They have Excels files like we see, and all the information is lost, and we have to repeat and repeat and repeat instead of having a digital management application that will allow us to conserve all the information. Uh, I think we finish. <laughs>
Well, I want to say that we need, all of you, we need new rules in Spain. We need the European rules that pressure our policy. Um, and thank you very much.